Thank you for listening to the Praise Family of Churches podcast. We have physical buildings throughout Oregon in Monmouth, McMinnville, Eugene, Mitchell, and Willamina, but our community extends around the world. If you would like more information about any of our churches, please visit www.praiseonline.net. everybody welcome back to behind the message podcast uh podcast where we go behind what was preached on sunday with those who spoke um and the series as a whole um on call today uh, we have ron noble who uh preached this last weekend in a large portion of scripture in nehemiah mm. <laughs> and um and then also uh, bailey miller our worship leader over in monmouth so welcome yeah. you guys thank you for having well, thank us. you glad to be here Good. Um, well, Ron, um, we haven't seen yet since COVID on here. Uh, how was it preaching to a camera? Well, it was different. You know, with, with COVID, I think everybody's used to doing uh, remote meetings over video. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't uh, exactly like that. But, uh, you know, the, I think the most a striking difference was when you get to the end of the sermon and you're seeing, you're looking in people's eyes to see if you're connecting mm-hmm. and there were nobody's eyes to look back. Yeah. At so, yeah. Um, but it was overall, overall good. 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 Yeah. Well, and it, you have a little bit of experience speaking to cameras, right? I mean, you are one of our state representatives. Is that correct? That's correct. That's awesome. Yes. And I do get that opportunity once in a while to speak into a camera. That's cool. So it's not your first rodeo in that way. And, and what a lot of people have seen for praise, one thing that's been really amazing is that we've been able to have Dr. Chris come on and kind of help inform things as we go through the pandemic in that, in that way medically. But one thing I think has been very helpful for us in leadership um, as we move forward in the direction of like the organized aspect of the church um, is that we've really had a lot of help from you who understands kind of policy, help us decipher, okay, what is what do these things mean and, and what things can we do and what things are we supposed to stay away from and things like that. So we really appreciate kind of your role that ends up being behind the scenes, but it really is so important to help us navigate through this time. Well, you know, I, I think it's important to, to figure out what's really important as we're, as we're going through this. And that was kind of the, the genesis for the sermon yeah. um, in figuring out, where do we really land in the midst of all this confusion and with COVID and, and everything else going yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're so blessed to have such a diverse um, group of people throughout workforce and whatnot in our congregations to help us uh, move forward and, and have a full understanding of um, not only what's going on in the world, but what's going on in the world through the lens of the gospel um, and so it's a huge blessing. And I know we're in kind of, I, I, I'm sure your world is pretty um, chaotic in the midst of politics and it being an election season and um, all the things that are going on. Um, and, and just in the same way that you've helped us be able to uh, move forward as the organized parts of the church, uh, just for those people listening, what do you think is just one thing that people as the, the community, as the church, uh, as followers of Christ can do to love well during this election season? Well, you know, Mackenzie, I think you just said it. It's a matter of mm-hmm. loving, uh, giving each other some grace, understanding that everybody's confused, um, and then focusing on, um, you know, who Christ is and what he's about 
Um, we've had discussions in leadership uh, meetings and, and sermon planning meetings about how does how does all of this other stuff fit in um, with politics? And um, it's, I think it's really important we focus on who Christ is yeah. and not mm-hmm. um, you know what what our country or, or what this world is going through uh, without yeah. him. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Thanks, Ron. Um, well, let's um, kind of look at. I always like to ask, you know, was there anything, you know, from your sermon that was either cut for time or you wish you're like, ah, I wish I could have talked more about, uh, about this thing. (laughs) Well, the, you know, going through four chapters of um, Nehemiah was, um, it's pretty condensed. Yeah. Uh, But, and that's, you know, there are, there's a lot of information. There are a lot of great examples of leadership mm. um, in, in how Nehemiah got everybody together and, mm. and dealt with adversity from a leadership perspective. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think a lot of the cutting happened as I was developing the sermon, um, even to the point of earlier in the day before, uh, before we recorded mm-hmm. it. But I think overall, I'm hoping the message came through, and I don't remember cutting anything short while... Uh, while we were recording. That's good. I think sometimes uh, just from a perspective of somebody who's preaching, uh, oftentimes the things you cut are just because you simply missed, missed it in your notes or, <laughs> or you forget or whatnot. Exactly. I think that's God cutting things for us. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, I love how you opened with the idea that in our world today, we've kind of mixed other things in with the gospel, you know, and it's, that's, I think, one of the big reasons why it's such a confusing time, um, because yeah. we're adding a lot into what the gospel is, kind of identifying ourselves uh, as specific types of Christians, right? And you mentioned a few of those examples. Um, Ron, from your experience, do you, is this a new thing, or um, has this been going on for a long time? I think this is probably something that's been going on since the beginning of time, really, at, at least since uh christ you know came to earth and then um and then as we followed him i mean look at the different uh denominations Mm. and um different emphasis um you know you can you can name periods in history uh from martin luther and others where people are crying out to saying hey let's get back on track and let's let's focus on what the main thing is Mm. here um you know we we tend to, and there's nothing wrong with I, I I've always explained it as um, in teaching entry level classes to mm-hmm. church, someone who's new to church and doesn't understand that why would why there are denominations mm-hmm. and and the way I've brought it out is that it's it's a group of men and women a group of people who think like or or have to put up guardrails in their lives to help them along that are in common. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There are different types of people, different. We're all, we're all different. And we all have the need to um, protect, um, or I guess to, to provide those guardrails, for lack of a better term, in our lives to keep us on, on the path. The problem is sometimes the guardrails become more important than what Christ is. Mm-hmm. And um, where the rules become more important than the reason for the rules. Yeah. And that's where we get into trouble. And, and I think our society is there to some point. Um, not just in how 
we identify ourselves. Are we a fundamentalist Christian? Are we an evangelical Christian? But I think it's even outside the church. Uh, Like I was mentioning, we start to add nationality, Mm -hmm. uh, skin color, political party into the type of Christian we are. Mm -hmm. And um, to, to some extent, there's nothing more offensive to Christ than to define him based on our human frailty. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's so real. I mean, I just have been thinking about this a lot and I, I kind of was thinking to myself, how did we even get here? And that, that makes sense that from a denominational perspective and whatnot is we create systems that make sense and serve us well. But when those systems become God, then we're off, you know, and, I think about in the therapy world, we have, we all have um, different um, therapeutic approaches and, and it really is just based off of how we believe people heal. Um, and so from my perspective, I'm a person centered therapist and, and there's like a whole thing that goes with that, but what they were so careful and to explain in graduate school. And I really appreciate this perspective is that that's your home base, but that doesn't mean the other ones are wrong. Uh, That doesn't mean like you can't dip in and maybe use something from cognitive behavioral therapy or you can't use something, but your home base is still the same. And I think for us, we need to make sure that our home base is the truth of the gospel, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Um, and, And I think that makes sense from the beginning of time to have been like that. Right. And, and Christ has to be that center because we're all different. Um, you know, we at praise, we have our, our core mm-hmm. values and that's what draws everybody at praise yeah. together um, because it's a safe place to be. And, and we want to, to impact the community around us, but, but that doesn't mean that other churches with different core values are wrong. What it means is this is Christ's manifestation right. where they are. As long as Christ still remains the yes, center focus. Exactly. I love uh, Lila once said um, that each of the churches, even in, even in the praise community has a different bent. Um, and it, it all depends on, you know, population and location and whatnot. And so, you know, even, even though, you know, between Monmouth, McMinnville and Mitchell, we have the same core guiding values rooted in the gospel truth. And we serve different populations and we have different bents and different giftings. And, and those are all amazing and very important to celebrate those differences. You know, Monmouth being very much uh, tied to college students and, and the campus that's literally almost next door and whatnot. Um, whereas McMinnville, you know, really has such a home base and an older congregation. I mean, there's, there's everybody there, but really like thriving in that service. And Mitchell, obviously very hospitable um, and a very unique bent. And so I think when we get into trouble is when we start saying that one of those giftings is better than the other, or one of those has to be the thing that everybody does. Exactly. Um, It's, you had mentioned my, my role in government. And I think part of what I um, really uh, maybe had even in developing and in writing and something that God had put on my heart is the idea that somehow Republicans are Christians and Democrats right. aren't. Um, yet, but we have a Bible study that most people don't aren't aware of. We have a Bible study that meets when we're in session once a mm. week. 
And, uh, it, you know, believe it or not, there's Republicans and Democrats <laughs> and representatives and senators, mm. you know, and it's and it really is to help us stay centered and focused on what's really important. And it's not that the job that we've that we've been elected to do is not important. It's it's critical, but it pales in comparison to eternity. Mm. And um, it's a chance to stay focused on what is eternal as we're navigating the building and all of the different issues and politics that come up and not getting so caught up in the human political yeah. environment as much as knowing uh, that what what we do has has the ability to impact people's lives and afterlives. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like uh, Bailey, I don't know if you agree with this as a younger person, but I, I feel like maybe this is generationally whatnot. I really struggle around politics because it's become that like y- in order to be a Christian, it, it means you're a Republican or it means these certain things or you agree with all of these policies and whatnot. And it makes me really turned off towards politics in as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, Bailey, if you experience that too. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have. And I think it's I think it's sad for me because I actually really enjoy politics. I think it's very fascinating. And I think, you know, I have a lot of grace for people that are put in positions of power to make some really challenging decisions and to have to hold on to some pretty, you know, solid viewpoints and things like that and not feel like they have much leeway or much way to say like hey there's actually middle ground here Mm. or like there's actually grace for that or like that's a hard no like that Mm. is definitely a no but I still align with this party and I think I think as I've I've had to navigate it I just I always you know pray for you know people to feel like hey you know even if I align with this party that I still remember that I have a conscious ability to make a different choice if I don't believe that that thing aligns with the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't think that that's the heart of Jesus and I pray about it and it doesn't sit right, it doesn't feel right. Like the Holy spirit doesn't like convict me in that way. Then I don't have to, I don't have to align with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you can find that in anything. And I think everybody has different reasons for, for feeling that way. But yeah, I definitely would say that, um, there's definitely a part of politics that I just, I have a hard time with as a young person um, based on that. So, yeah. And maybe yeah. as a whole, it's, um... we've oh, become... no, as I say, uh, we, we've become, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, an example of even how the world views Christianity um, yeah. because we've allowed, um, as I mentioned in the sermon, we've allowed descriptors to yeah. kind of brand a certain type of Christianity. Yeah. And anytime we stray, from what the gospel says, what Christ has, is, you know, us becoming Christ-like, um, that gives, it, it's, it's almost uh, identical to how we view each other in the political world or any other, any part of uh, the world. We, uh, we become a poor example and all of a sudden you are labeled with all of the bad examples mm. of what yeah, a Christian right. is and those who are, uh, have been deceived and kind of <laughs> have lost their way. Yeah. yeah. It kind of comes down to that language you were talking about. And I almost wonder how much power there would be is if we just flipped our language that, you know, we use this in, um, in school and whatnot. We call it person first language that a child is a child before Mm -hmm. a diagnosis. Right. And, and we use that throughout all kinds of things and whatnot. So instead of saying, um, uh, I almost said it the right way because I'm so in, like used to saying it the right way. But uh, instead of saying that, that <laughs> autistic kid, 
where it's a diagnosis is the label first, then the child, and then we flip it and we say the child who has autism, then they, then they are just a human being first. And so I must wonder if we have Christian first language, if we are Christians and then we are a Republican or a Christian and then we're a Democrat or Christian and then you know, our race or nationality or any of that, right? And and just how much power we could have in just changing our language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder if the descriptor is even necessary. Right. Um, You know, in, in, in my, in what Christ has called me to do, there is no need for any other descriptor. Mm. Uh, But everything else I do, be it politics or anything else, that descriptor of being Christian impacts how I view everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, it, there may, there may be at some point, um, no descriptor necessary. In fact, if you describe anything other than being Christ-like, you've kind of watered down the gospel. Right. Yep. Well, and when we're in heaven, we won't have any other descriptor at all that, that I don't know if people realize this, but the democratic <laughs> system is just not how the kingdom of heaven works. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Thank goodness, Thank goodness. Thank because goodness. we can see that it it isn't perfect. Uh, Lord, it's your way or the highway. Yeah. Well, um, Ron, I just love this question that Joe asks a lot. Um, as you were preparing this message, studying this big section, obviously, of Nehemiah, um, what kind of cut to your heart personally or in, in his words, he, he would say, how does the scripture make you bleed? You know, I, it was, it was, uh, as soon as he had, uh, asked me to preach, which was like a month ago, um, this was, this has been on my heart for a while. Uh, even when we were going through the theories of, uh, um, yeah, the, I will think of it. I know <laughs> freedom, the story of the, of the prodigal son, oh, and some, the parables, um, kingdom, mm-hmm. the parables and, uh, just, just to, since then, what had been on my heart, um, and I've shared this a couple times, uh, is is that we are in a crisis, worldwide crisis right mm-hmm. now, where people are just fearful. Yeah. Uh, they're fearful in every part of their lives. They're fearful uh, uh, from a health perspective. They're fearful from an economic perspective. They're fearful um, even, even what's going to happen to the yeah. world. And... Um, my sense is that we are going to see a return, mm. uh, which is what I, uh, why I brought that up um, in my sermon is, is that we're going to see people returning back to Christ. We're going to see the prodigal return home. Yeah. And um, I was, as I was going through uh, in, in studying Nehemiah, there were two basic themes that, that I saw. One was, was a, a, a strong leadership mm-hmm. theme. And uh, I've taught, taught uh, classes on leadership throughout my career in law enforcement. But, but what's even more important is, is the struggle we, he went through um, in just being obedient to what he was called to do. <clears throat> and, then, and then it hit me that in, in using the seven churches of Revelation, yeah. there's Christ saying, Christ saying to, to believers, this is what I thank you for. This is what you're doing well. And here's where I have a problem. Mm. And I think that's us. There's a lot of good stuff that happens in the church. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good stuff that individual Christians do. And then Christ says, but you're not all in yet. 
and you've lost your first love mm -hmm. or, you know, I told you it's going to yeah. be difficult. They're going to persecute me. How much more are they going to persecute yeah. you? Um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing all this stuff, but you're really deep down, your heart is dead. Yeah. And um, so really that's, that's the human condition. Mm -hmm. So, so um, you know, that's what made me believe, yeah. I guess, for, for using Joe's terminology is that it fits so well into this a sense that I have that the church has to be ready. Are we going to be the older brother mm. that whines and complains when people return, when the prodigal returns and says, but they, they weren't good. They didn't go to church. They didn't keep, you know, fight the fight. Mm. Or are we going to be standing along Christ um, and Nehemiah building the wall yeah. and welcoming the exiles? Wow. In? Mm. I just got goosebumps from that, Ron. I, I totally agree. I've been feeling this stirring and I thought it was maybe just our community for the last couple of years in Monmouth and now I'm seeing in a, in a larger aspect, but just this feeling like something's coming. I don't know if you've got, gotten this feeling that something's coming, something's coming COVID hit. And usually, and we've seen in, in history that when something difficult happens nationally or worldwide, often there's some sort of return, like you're talking about. Um, the other piece of it that I I've been kind of looking into is, it's about every 50 years that there's a pretty significant revival and in this country and, mm -hmm. and we're prime for it. We're, we're like in that it's about now. Uh, Cause the last one was the Jesus movement. And, and so it's really interesting to think about that. Um, and I, I had heard that before COVID hit and then when it hit, I was like, Oh, things are shifting. Something's happening. And so I love that heart that you have there that we need to, you know, really get in line with, with welcoming the exiles back and having the heart of Christ versus that older brother mentality. Oh, that's, that's so good. That's so good. Bailey, what about you? What, where does that? Well, oh, go here's, ahead. I, no, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear Bailey from how Bailey. That, how that made her bleed this oh, section. Gosh. Well, she <clears throat> <laughs> um I just I think the thing that really that really cut deep for me was this kind of the idea in the sermon that when we have our identity so firm in what God's will is like what he is doing and we know we're like we have the permission we know we have the validation all of those things that it doesn't matter the persecution it doesn't matter the oppression it doesn't matter what comes up like he was gung-ho he was like we're doing this I don't care what's going on because this is what God said is going to happen so we're gonna do it and I just felt so encouraged in that because I don't always feel like I'm very good at that. And so I think it was, I think it was important for me to hear and to see in the scripture that, um, that it's possible and that, you know, regardless of the circumstances, like what God wants to happen is just going to happen. It just yeah. doesn't really matter what, <laughs> what anybody else is going to do. And also people can do really awful things around you and it just still doesn't change what God is asking you to do. Um, there can be a lot going on around you, but I mean, you're, you're calling what you're being asked to do um, still remains. So I, I felt like that was, that really stuck out to me. And then I think the other part of that kind of echoing what we had talked about before, just that um, we just have to set 
our identity so firm in the gospel because it's so easy to identify with what we think the things of God are and what we think his vision is and what we like basically the products of God instead of God. It's like, right. do we identify with the reward or do we identify with just being with him? Like mm. what's the more important thing? So I would say that that was, that was that for me. It's good. You know, along those lines, it's it's what we think it's going to be like uh, with with what we believe is coming, as we've talked about here, this this um, the return of the exiles or the prodigal. It's going to look different. Yeah. And and as much as we're going to try and prepare ourselves, it is going to look different. And we will all be tempted to be the brother that says, wait a minute, this isn't right. And we we have to stay so close to Christ through this Um, because it's, we, it's going to be, it's almost, you know, I'd heard this from a leadership perspective. We have to learn to live in some ambiguity Mm. Um, as much as I'm a linear thinker and I like things laid out and symmetrical. I've had to learn to live with some ambiguity and that, you know what, I don't know what the next few minutes are going to be like, but I have to trust God implicitly, Mm. completely that it's going to be all right, even though I don't understand and I can't figure it yeah. out. And, and I think it's going to be like that. As much as we talk about it and prepare, we don't know what it's going to be like. And except that I know it's going to be different than anything we've experienced and different than what we would expect. Yeah, that's so good. Well, let's get into the discussion questions from, from Nehemiah's story. You took us to land over in the book of Revelation. Honestly, when you told me you were going there right before we recorded... I uh, thought you were joking. And then you really went there. I was like, oh, we're going. (laughs) Um, And this section where it was Jesus' letters to those seven churches, like we've kind of mentioned a little bit. Um, And the question is kind of which one of these churches do you identify with most? There's Ephesus, who had lost their first love. Smyrna, you know, was encouraged to endure that persecution. Pergamum were called uh, called to repentance. Thyatira was kind of just dead inside a dead church. Uh, Sardis was called to wake up. Philadelphia uh, was encouraged to just continue that patient endurance. And Laodicea had that very classic lukewarm faith. So what do you, which one of those do you feel like you identify with? So, you know, I think some of all of them, um, you know, it's, I don't think I've lost my first love, but I can tell you that it's, it's like anything else that's important. I've been, we've been married, Sue and I have for 37 years and it takes work. It takes a lot of work to keep that in the forefront. So it's, it's a daily, um, it's, it's a daily conscious thought to, to stay involved in your, in first love, mm. in, in, in Christ's love. It's good. Um, persecutions we are, nobody wants to be persecuted um you know one of the things in, in, in being in law enforcement nobody wants to be embarrassedly embarrassed and held accountable right. i mean that's you pull somebody over for speeding it's not a it's not an evil thing it was a probably just a mistake mm. but but nobody wants to, to be embarrassed and but we have to realize that persecution comes with it yeah um and that's part of trusting um you know, um, false prophetess uh, in Thyatira, that mm. scares me. Yeah. I mean, that, that scares me because if it were easy to see 
then it wouldn't be deception. Mm. Um, and Satan is the king of deception. And, and that means that um, it's, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Um, if it were, like I said, if it, were, if it were easy, it would not be deception. It'd be obvious. Yeah. So, so the false prophetess and, and the deception that sneaks into the church is uh, really, really scary. Um, and then, you know, waking up from a sleep, I guess the other part that, that um, we have to consciously be aware of is not to let things settle down for us to be lukewarm. Mm. And they're, they're talking about me personally, because yeah. it's so easy, um, even um, in just life in general, to be so moderate. Um, you know, at one point I heard a sermon, a friend of mine uh, talked about um, everything in moderation. Mm. Well, the problem with that is mediocrity. Nothing great comes out of mediocrity. Nothing great comes out of everything in moderation. Um, so we have to be careful with being lukewarm right. because then we just exist and nothing great comes out of our lives. So from, from me, those are the things at the forefront. Yeah that um, I try to try to stay involved with, but, but, but how about you guys? Bailey, what do you think? Gosh, I mean, they all freak me out. Kind of like, what you- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, Oh gosh, I, or maybe just in this season, what's kind of most forefront for you? Honestly, I would probably say, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. La- Laodicea. Is Laodicea. That- mm-hmm. Yeah. That one. Uh-huh. That, that was exactly the one that you were talking about and that was like yeah that's pretty much where I'm at um I I would say that is the one that I I very easily fall into I get very comfortable I feel mm. that's my that's kind of my um my weakness where where I feel like I have to work really hard not to be stagnant and to like be um be more disciplined in like reading scripture and actually, you know, setting aside intentional time to spend with God. I feel like that doesn't, that always just like comes to my mind. And I feel like that, that would definitely be the one that I'm also the most afraid of at the same time, because it, it suggests to me like a lack of care. Like, I don't care Mm -hmm. about this. Like it's there, but like, I'm, I'm lukewarm, like lukewarm is gross. And Mm -hmm. it's like, 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 you don't care enough about like you care but like you don't care enough about it to like really set aside time like you believe it like you Mm. really know that and I think that space scares me because when I think about encountering the presence of God and like that's that's the thing that like that separated me or like that's the thing that you know I chose to to let overcome and all those things. Cause in reality is a choice. Like we, we have a decision to stay that way or to change. Um, obviously with prayer and petition by God, I mean, he, he helps us along the way and he has so much grace for us um, when we do get in those places, but also just like being aware of that, I think for me is, um, is important. So that's really good. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I would agree. I would agree with Laodicea in the same aspect of like comfortability. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely can, can lean in to getting into a routine and not wanting to like, you know, kind of wanting to, to be mediocre because if you are mediocre, like Ronnie were saying is then um, people aren't disappointed in you, but they're not necessarily like uh, super excited about what you're doing. There's not a lot of greatness coming out of you. And, 
And some people would be like, well, I, well, I want greatness. And, and I do want greatness to come out of me, but I also know the responsibility that comes with that, that mo- the, the more greatness that c- comes out, um, the bigger things that you do, the harder you can fall and uh, the more responsibility that comes with it. And so I think like definitely that lukewarm faith can be uh, very tempting um, but I think right now the season I'm in a lot, God's been really doing a lot in me around the topic of repentance and the topic of confession. So Pergamum, that church uh, really called to that. And uh, I think God's been really doing a work in me to redefine uh, what repentance, confession and vulnerability looks like. And we'll talk a little bit about that this weekend in the sermon that I, that I am preaching and, um, kind of the work that God's done in me around that, that, that repentance is a gift and there's power in it. Yeah. Um, And it actually, it, it does the opposite of what we fear Um, that we fear. My, one of my biggest fears is that if, if people really knew what was going on inside or people really knew what that struggle was, um, then I would lose them or I wouldn't have credibility or any of those things. But in reality, um, God would say that if we are repentant about our struggles and actually sharing them, that there's healing there and there's forgiveness there and there's um, growth there. There's a closer relationship with Jesus because we're not putting any secrets in between him and us. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like the season that I'm in is very much uh, just really coming around that idea. Um then the second question was, um, we just wanted to, I loved just, just kind of the, some of the positivity that really um, threaded through your message, Ron. And so we just wanted to, so, so much of the world right now is uh, all the like terrible things that are happening. happening. And the things that people are really clinging to are when people in like social media and whatnot are doing things of good news, you know, and uh, I can't remember what his name is, but on um, Oh, he does like a good news show on YouTube or whatever. Famous guy. But, um, but we just decided to ask the question, what do you see God doing in your life right now? How are you seeing God move? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um, my life is full and it's not just because I'm busy, but it's full. Um, some of you, some of you know, uh, some don't. Um, we've adopted a, a young nine-year-old boy. Uh, just absolutely a blessing. And at the same time, our four older children uh, with them, we have eight grandchildren um, and the oldest is five years old. So what is he doing right now? I'm just seeing our whole family multiply. Um, We are, we are blessed as parents and grandparents, um, a chance to be at a church and a a body who is supportive. Um, Yeah. This, this is going to sound a little bit, um, I don't, I don't know how it sounds. Um, I was, I was police chief in McMinnville for eight years and uh, now I'm a state representative and it's so nice to be able to go to church and be Ron, Mm. not to be a former police chief or not to be the representative, but just to be Ron, Mm. who's the husband of Sue and the father and the grandfather and just me. Um, um, Not that I compartmentalized, but, but I can be known as just Ron, as opposed to known as, Um, you know, uh, my role. Mm. Um, and I think that's a, just an amazing blessing to have a group of people that come alongside you as a person, not as a position yeah. you hold. Um, 
And then, you know, my parents and my in-laws live with us. Um, and it's, that is just a, an amazing uh, opportunity for my kids and grandkids. Mm. Um, so when you're talking multi-generational yeah. and instilling uh, just godly values, um, absolutely blessed. And then watching other people that he brings into our lives. Um, and it's, it's about, you know, for us, it's about just taking a moment to, to take a breath and realize that it's not just mere coincidence that you, you come across other people, but they're there because he, he wants us to create a relationship with people. He wants us to just, and even if it's just for a moment to let his light shine through, mm. but you, if you pay attention, you can see the difference that light makes. Um, and, and we're busy, but the chance um, we have to consciously slow down to take a look and see his impact. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of other stuff that goes on, but if you focus on the good, the other stuff, um, yeah, it's a hassle. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it's really draining. Sometimes it's persecution, but if you look, keep your focus on Christ. Um, it doesn't seem quite mm, as bad. That's so good. Bailey, what do you see God doing in your life right now? In my life. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like as of probably this past month, I feel like I've had this kind of renewal in my love of worship and my love of music um, that I completely feel was Holy Spirit driven. I, I don't feel like it just, it was me. I, I had this huge desire again to start learning guitar so I could lead worship better. And then, you know, God has provided all the things to make that happen, provided me the people to help make that happen. And so I've just been able to spend some really special time, you know, learning that really getting out of my own head because it's, it's having to learn something new, but mm -hmm. I just feel like God's been really meeting me in that and has been, I don't, I don't even know. I'm going to explain it, but like, I've been, I've been getting all these songs, like kind of push my direction for a long time. Cause I'm a worship leader. And so I, I just, I tend to get a lot of music that people are like, play this, play this, play this, play You're this. You're like and a I'm DJ. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like I can't listen to all of it. Um, but because of this, because of this time that I've had, I've actually been able to just literally sit down for like an hour or so and just kind of like go through music. And I'm like, dang, there is gold here that I have just like, I've just been encountering the Lord and just seeing um, how good he is. And I feel like I see that through worship because um, I see these people who are creating these songs and more people are hearing them than just myself. And I'm like, these are songs of hope. Like mm. these are songs that are inspiring people to, you know, take that rest to, you know, just actually sit back and be in the presence of God, um, remembering that he's good and that despite our circumstances, you know, he's here and he's ultimately in control at the end of the day. So it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like I've just been really encouraged in what I feel like he's been saying to me. And it's just that, you know, we're having the season where, you know, you can, you can selectively choose the experience that, that you make it. You can either, you know, make it something where kind of to echo what Ron said, you know, you can make it, you know, a not so great experience. You can, you know, see things as, you know, a hassle and like, you know, mm -hmm. blah, 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 things are going on. And like, those are all valid things that are happening. Like there, there's a time and a place for that, but there's also, um, 
there's also a stable joy that's found in just being in the presence of God. And I feel like I'm being reminded of that and other people are being reminded of that. And we're stripping back those layers of, um, you know, outside circumstances, bringing us joy and outside things, um, creating our inner thoughts and all those things. I feel like that's just been, that's been really special. And I feel like he's been, uh, he's been really faithful to be teaching me about that recently. So that's so good. That's good. That's so So good. good. Uh, I think for me, uh, it's been, you know, for anybody, it's been kind of a funny season. Um, but I shared last month a lot about uh, Sabbath and sabbatical and things like that. And, um, that was kind of has been on my heart for this year um, and kind of started off the year uh, trying to intentionally find places for rest in my life. Um, something that is very difficult for me because um, my life is jam packed, like Ron was saying, totally jam packed and amazing with amazing things. I mean, uh, I run the Harriet house and I work full time for the school district and, um, you know, have a variety of other relationships in my life and friends and uh, different things that I volunteer for or whatever. And, um, you know, we're helping with church things and whatnot. And and it's been actually just such a blessing for everything to kind of be put to a halt. I mean, it was stressful at first. I will be very honest. But it's been so good. Just, I mean, summer normally is kind of some of my downtime anyways because the house is pretty quiet. There's no school, things like that. And it's really time for me to take care of myself. And um, and this has been an extra care season uh, where I feel like God mm-hmm. has just said like, I, th- we need to get on track with just taking care of, of who you are um, so that we can prepare for whatever's next and get you into some rhythms. And so honestly, like, I feel like God has given me all of the like resources that I need to take care of just my physical body um, mm. and my physical health and um, my emotional health over the last few months, uh, I feel like has grown immensely um, and just some new perspectives and new, new things that God is teaching me. Um, and so I think that's been just such a huge blessing for me to kind of have time, um, and time to just, to be me. I love Ron, what you said that, you know, it's just nice to be you sometimes, you know, and for me, Mm. I, I very much hold that position a lot of like house mom or, you know, educator or whatever it might be. Um, and, and there's, constantly somebody who needs something from me um and I thrive on it but at the same time it it will deplete you (laughs) so um it's been very much a letting God pour back into me um and and really finding finding the path forward of how to how do I sustain this because a lot of the time this thing that I struggle with is people pleasing and and doing things for people um, beyond the ability that I have um, and and out of not always the best heart. Um, and so really mm-hmm. God has been kind of healing my heart around some of those things. And um, it's just been a huge, huge blessing. And in the midst of all of that, I mean, very practically, just I haven't had any anxiety around any of the things that I need. And that's a huge thing for me um, that, you know, God was so faithful to provide um, enough people to live in the Harriet house. We were full by July. 
um, which is not at all what I was anticipating, um, especially with colleges, not sure what they're doing yet and all the things. And all of these girls decided to be here regardless of what school does. That was huge. That was a huge, huge blessing. So I see God moving and working and I'm, I'm excited for the newness of, uh, of now that we have these strange circumstances, what does it give us the opportunity to do? Um, yeah. and, I, and I really see like with the college campus, you know, there's going to be a lot of clubs that won't be able to meet. And so what does it give us the opportunity to do as the church two blocks away, you yeah. know, and things like that. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. And I can see God moving in such a way. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, you guys, thank you That's so good. much for being on behind the message today and just kind of sharing your heart and being a little vulnerable and whatnot. It's uh, Ron. We, Ron, we so appreciate you being, you know, local leadership uh, over in McMinnville. Um, and also Ron, we just appreciate you being Ron, you know, so Ron's the coolest. The coolest. Well, thanks. Well, thanks. <laughs> Uh, thanks everybody for listening. If you want to connect with us more, of course, we have our website. Our new website is live and it's praise dot family. That's all it is. There's no www's or dot coms or anything. It's kind of crazy. New world we live in. Praise dot family. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on social media. Um, each of the campuses has their own Facebook page, um, but also we have a praise family of churches group. You're welcome to join and connect with other people. Um, we also have Instagram and all the ways. And uh, if you want to connect or reach out, um, please do so through those social media outlets. And we would just love to hear from you. Um, thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next week.